0: Hi,
1: I'm Heather, and the Holy Hot Mess Mom Podcast is my little teeny tiny corner of the podcasting universe. I really like to treat this podcast like I'm just talking to an old friend in my yoga pants and a messy bun. So, right now that's you. Hey girl. This is just a place where we're going to talk about everything, faith, marriage, family, parenting, happy things, sad things, hilarious moments homemaking, you name it, and we're probably going to talk about it. We all know that life can be just a huge, ridiculous, hilarious, beautiful disaster of a hot mess some days, but it's your hot mess, the one God gave you and only you. So I choose to just own it. Sometimes I just snap a picture, laugh it off, try to straighten my halo that I'm chasing in the midst of all that messiness. So ready to get into it? Because I am. Just grab a cup of coffee, wine, or whatever your beverage of choice is, and let's chat. Before we dive into our podcast episode today, I am really excited to introduce to you our newest sponsor to the podcast, and that is Grove Collaborative. Y'all know I would not be pushing any sponsors that I haven't used and loved myself for me, my family, and I can honestly say we've been Grove customers for, I think, over two, two years now. So thank you, Jesus, for their awesome sponsorship of the podcast, because not only is it something that can really make your life easier and healthier, but when you support our sponsors, you also support the podcast, which is greatly appreciated on my end. So Grove Collaborative is actually an online website where you can find all things household-related. Cleaning, cooking, health, beauty you know, toiletries, things like that, it's all in one spot. And the best part is it's researched and it's healthy. So if you're looking to remove toxins from your everyday products, cleaning products, cooking products, you know, pots and pans, sustainable items, healthy toilet paper options, healthy women's products, then Grove is a really good place to start. And I think my favorite part about it was when I first signed up, not only do you get like a free little kit with it, you know, when you spend over $20 or something like that, but there's not a ton of options. Everything is relatively affordable. You know that it's safe and healthy because it's been, you know, professionally curated by the people that work at Grove. But also I didn't feel like I was overwhelmed with all of the options. You know, if you go to Amazon or other places and you type in, natural wood cleaner or something, or natural window cleaner, you're just overwhelmed with the amount of products. But then also, like, are all of these products actually healthy if I'm looking for a healthier option? So you can literally just go and sort by price and read exactly how they are healthy, why they were curated, why they were picked for Grove, and add it to your cart. Now, it is technically a subscription service, but it's great because every month, or whatever the frequency is that your items ship, you're going to get an email days in advance that's like, if you want to alter your cart, you know, just let us know, because they'll kind of put things in there that you frequently order. And if we don't need anything, I just go in and delete it all out, and I don't get a shipment that month. So if you head over to holyhotmassmom.com slash grove, G-R-O-V-E, and it's going to take you right to a little page I've made that has all of our Grove sponsorship stuff. So you can look at the different deals they've got going on. And right now, if you spend over $20 in your initial purchase, which you can get anything from tampons to makeup to hand soap and laundry detergent, you know, it's all things we're using anyways. And you're going to get a free Mrs. Meyers and Grove cleaning set, which is the $30 value. You get a hand soap, a dish soap, multi-surface spray, a cleaning caddy, little walnut scrubber sponges, and free shipping, plus a free VIP trial. So it's a steal of a deal. Even if you just go spend $20 on stuff, getting that extra $30 is completely worth it. So if you do it, I'd love to know what you got, and you can tag me in any of it in Instagram, wherever you hang out. But just head over to holyhotmessmom.com slash grove and click on any of those links to head on over to grove. And when you support the sponsors, you support the show. So I hope you love it. Yay. Hi, how's oh it going? Gosh. It was so funny because when I got out of the first one, it said like it had a screen that was like here take this survey. That was so easy, wasn't it? Like looking uh-huh. at my computer, I'm like, No, it's not easy. I don't no, know No,
0: it's not easy.
1: <laughs> How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thank good. you. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Good. My husband usually doesn't have off on um girl, oh, you can't even see me. I'm <laughs> just like chilling, chilling hardcore. Well, that's all right. I'm not wearing any pants. I'm in my bed, so Oh, this is great. I hope you've started the recording. I hope that's going to be the first line. That'll
1: be the first line. I did start it. I was getting very hopeful that like it was going to work. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start the recording because then it will work. So
0: yeah. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, My husband actually works weekends every weekend, which is a shame. Yeah. yeah, So he was off. He's a sonographer um, at the hospital here. Yep. So he does ultrasounds. So he found out the gender of both of our children, That's which was really, really cool.
1: cool. It was. Yeah. yeah. He does a think really that good would be job. Such an amazing job to have. Like,
0: it I'm is sure cool. there's some sad
1: stuff, but also some really cool stuff. Like,
0: Yes. 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 Yeah. It's actually a beautiful opportunity to be really uh, pro-life because he scans, um, well, his old job, not so much, not this one now, but his old one, he used to scan women all the time who were in uh, crisis pregnancies. And he would just be like, we'll take your baby. Like, if you just have the baby, we'll adopt the baby for you. Oh my gosh. And he'd be like, would you like our number? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. And he's, um, yeah, he does. He he's, it's a beautiful opportunity, I think, to support women who maybe feel like they can't do this pregnancy or whatever. Yeah. He he'll just point out without being pushy or anything. He'll just yeah. like point out, you know, this is the heart. This is the brain. This is the the little like, hands right here. Yeah. Right. Right. Aww. And there's been some beautiful stories that have come out of that. Yeah. So, oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, I feel like I need to like dig into your life background. <laughs> so, Let's do it. So, yes. <laughs> okay. So how were you raised? Like, were you raised in a Catholic family?
0: Yes. Like real
1: devout Catholic family. Yeah.
0: I okay. call myself the Catholic bubble. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I was in the Catholic bubble. Yeah. Okay. I'm so one of eight children. I, oh, wow. Homes, I didn't know that. Yep. Home homeschooled. Schooled. Yeah. Are yes. you homeschool your kids? Probably not, actually. I would love to, you know, it's funny, Heather, because it's so humbling. I always thought that I would be really good at motherhood. Like I would just, people were like, oh, you're the second oldest of eight. Oh, you've got it. And like, yes, like changing a diaper was not a learning curve for me. However, it's very different when they're your children. And I think, yeah. yeah, I just always thought that when I was a teenager, I always thought, Oh, by the time I'm 25, I'm just going to be married with like three kids and I'm going to homeschool them all. And I'm not going to do anything, but be a mom. And it's funny to be at this point in my life and to be loving being a mom, but to realize like, I don't know if I have the temperament to do homeschooling. Yeah. I have a friend yeah. who
1: she was like, I, I want to, but I don't know if, the, if I have the temperament. And
0: mm-hmm. like, I have to tell
1: people before I'm very open about the fact that like, I never thought I always was like, oh, I'm going to have kids. And when they turn five, like, they go to school. But um, Mm -hmm. since coming into my faith, I get so – I mean, there's so many dimensions of why we've kind of landed here. But I get so Mm. freaked out because I'm just so worried about other influences, like the bubble, you know. And -hmm. and it's like, you know, a kid may be going to a really great school or something, but – That doesn't, you know, you don't know what's going on, and it kind of came from he was in a preschool in New York, and he came home Mm. just like fascinated with guns, and I was like, you know, I went to Virginia Tech, I was there when the shooting was there, and so, so when like he comes home and he's four, three, fascinated with guns, I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 like where'd you get this from? And yeah. um, I said something to the teachers, and they're like, well, we're not teaching them about that. I'm like, obviously, you are not teaching them about that. They're
0: three. <laughs> but, uh, but I was but like, but he's getting yeah. it
1: from somewhere. And they were like, well, we can't mm-hmm. control, like, what comes out of the kid's mouth. And I'm like, I'm aware of that. But, you know, and it just freaked me out enough. Um, but yeah. now it's like we're in this nice little bubble. But somebody told me once that it's a greenhouse. It's not a bubble. It's a greenhouse. That's a really because yeah. Because you're mm-hmm. you're cultivated and you're nourished and you're sheltered until you're strong enough and you have strong enough roots to go out on your own. And I was like, that's what I'm gonna call it because
0: yeah, yeah. I I've heard, be heard that before of
1: like being called keeping my kids in a bubble.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's. I think the right way to do it is a greenhouse. The wrong way to do it would be a bubble where there's no communication with the outside world. Green and backyard. I've seen. I've st- I know it's possible, very possible to do the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, it, when I said Catholic bubble at the beginning, I wasn't thinking of that in a negative way. Yeah, no, no, like um, no. It's definitely I, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: I was talking mm-hmm. to Megan Wells on the podcast yeah. and I joked, I was like, On Instagram, I feel like it's a Catholic bubble because it's, like, you are able to pick and choose who you're exposed to, you know? And I remember there was Mm -hmm. one point, like, in Instagram before I really, like, started the ministry or anything. I was following just, like, people all over the place, like Kim Kardashian, Mm. and, like, I would follow some – dance center, Mill- millennium dance center in like Los Angeles or whatever.
0: Oh my gosh. I follow. Well, I I don't follow them, but I've seen their videos yes, and, and they're, so they're incredible. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: But it was just like the, mo- then I would follow like one of their dancers and then I would follow somebody else. And I just mm-hmm. was like, okay, some of the stuff is great dancing and some of it is kind of filthy. And so yeah. then I was like, okay, that's kind of when I came around to like, okay, I can't really handle what people share on my Facebook, you know, like if you're friends with yeah. your grandma and your grandma's sharing all this stuff that's like negative, whatever, mm-hmm. like you're gonna see it in your feed. But on Instagram, it's like people are sharing their stuff, and so it was nice to be like, okay, I'm gonna be picky choosy about mm-hmm. who I'm gonna follow and stuff. Yeah. So I was talking about like our little. I am bubble, the same way. But it it makes me mm-hmm. feel like like the I, and I don't know if it's like a bad assumption of me, but it, I feel like. Younger people like us, ish. I'm like lumping myself into this, but I'm still. I'm like quickly aging out. You count, right? But like younger, you know, like young moms on down to like 18 year olds. Like I feel like there's this kind of revival, like this new evangelization happening, and I don't know if I'm. Just in a bubble, and that's why I think that you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I I do see some of the older generations. I think it might be a struggle for them to believe that the world is still a good place or that there are faithful people. And um, one of the things that I was struck by on the Instagram post or the Facebook post of mine that went viral recently was just the number of people commenting. Thank God there are young people who still are starting off their marriage. This way, yeah, or starting yeah. off with these ideals, like I've never seen anything like this before, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, and going back to what you said um about about this bubble um, or finding your way onto like Catholic Instagram yeah. The way that I've used um, Instagram is definitely, I've kind of been in the Catholic bubble since the beginning, I think, with Instagram. With Facebook, though, it's interesting because that goes all the way back to when I started college. That was my freshman year of college. And that's when I was really passionate about theater. So I was all over the, I would friend actors. So half of my, yeah, but then I went to Catholic U for acting as well. So musical theater. So that was, it was, it's like my friend group is split half and half Mm -hmm. between these extremely liberal very yes. pushing the boundaries sort of um you know at the forefront Artistic. of the whole gay marriage movement that whole thing yeah pro life
1: movement or pro choice stuff like yeah, yes. yeah.
0: very strong opinions super strong yes like you can't say anything or they will attack you yeah so and then on the other hand coming from my high school background which was homeschooled and a very conservative uh, Catholic small school, very conservative. And also a lot of people in the area who are my friends from that mm-hmm. high school experience. And then beyond college, those are the people that I've sought out as like my church friends. So I have this interesting half and half experience.
1: Yeah, And I
0: actually feel like it has made me not want to be on Facebook, <laughs> terrible as that sounds. Because um, yeah. I think that's the place where you rant and people let out a lot of yeah, and people political can anger. Yeah. 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 It's a lot easier to yell at
1: somebody through the internet than it is like face to face. You know, I pretty much, I mean, we got to a point where, um, there were some safety concerns with Facebook because of my husband's Mm. job and, um, like we were being contacted like, and so my husband Mm. got rid of Facebook. My dad got rid of Facebook. He's like, I'm done. Mm. But we live so far away from family that I was like, how is family going to keep up with our kids? And Mm. I'm not talking about like my mom and dad and his mom and dad it's like mm. we have grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff who like will never see my children grow up you know so yeah. Um, yeah. so I literally get on and I'll check the last time I posted a bunch of pictures I'll go on my phone and I'll go to that date and then I'll upload everything from like then on out like you know and just be like mm. here's our life late- lately but like pretty yeah. much spend any of my social media time on Instagram because Facebook's just so negative and now it's gonna be a, it is. an election year which is like makes it even worse <laughs>
0: Oh, Heather, I, you know, that really caused such a crisis for me in 2016. I'd never seen people go crazy like that. And I don't think we're meant to. We're becoming so polarized. I was just talking to my husband about this today. We were talking about like, is, you know, will, will a democratic president get elected or will Trump have a second term? And I was like, you know what? It's really, I feel like this being a swing voter is a really, probably becoming a rarity because you have to get in one camp or the other and they're becoming farther and farther apart so it's not just a question of oh we think this new guy could do a better job or we think the current president is doing a great job it's not that it's like where like what is your political identity yeah yeah and it's becoming this almost like a new religion for a lot of people and it's not and there's no conversation as well that is what concerns me
1: yeah and I yes I always think like the majority of Americans like to make up their own mind by mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. But the way that the parties work because we've become a two-party system and whatever, it's like in order to get the money from the parties, they have to be very right or very left. And so they're not representing representing mm-hmm. most of America, you know what I mean? So it's just so difficult because it's right, like right. I mean, for me, it, you know, the big the big Catholic issues are the ones that I vote on. But yep, at the same time, like, I, that kind of puts you only in one camp sometimes. And there's other very compassionate things that, you know, that liberals yeah. want. And, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's difficult because you, it's hard. It's the lesser of two evils is basically all you're ever yeah. voting for. I mean, that's, that's what, what I, what I said. felt like yeah, that's what with, I said in with Trump and Hillary, it was like,
0: I was like, uh, the le- who's the
1: lesser of two evils for me? Like, yeah. I can't, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. so difficult.
0: It is. Um, It really is. And it's a shame because you, it's identity politics. Ben Shapiro talks about that a lot. Um, you know, so if you, um, uh, you have to, you're not allowed to have a conversation with people. You have to be, you're seen as your, as your your gender. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Your gender and your, your religion and, and your, your, uh, ethnic background.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: And so whoever has suffered most gets the Anyway, we yeah. could go on. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, we could. Okay, so you went to Catholic U for undergrad. Yes. Did, you, did you have your
0: master's? No. I would love to go back and get a master's in theology, but that hasn't happened so yet. So do I. Really? Yeah. I so want to do studied... Franciscan's program. Yeah. Oh, my
1: gosh, me too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, online, baby. <laughs> my parents baby.
1: live like two and a half hours from Franciscan. Nice. Um, and so they actually live right by um, St. Vincent's Arc Abbey. Which oh, my age? gosh. Yeah.
0: Latrobe. Okay. Yes. okay so I used to live, live an hour from there or really? so. Where? yeah. Where? Well, maybe a little more than an hour, maybe two hours. State College, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So my parents That's are in That's where Ligonier. my husband lived.
1: Oh, okay. So my parents are in Ligonier. And so anytime okay. we visit, we I go to the Basilica because I mm. love it there. But like Scott beautiful. Hahn used to teach there. And so I'm like, oh, maybe a St. Vincent's because then we could visit my mom. Mm. Well, either way, Franciscan cause I would want to walk if I got my degree, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, but it's funny cause I study. I started off for like pre-med because I wanted to go to PT school in mm. college. And then after that, I kind of switched a little bit to exercise science, still with a focus on pre-med like exercise science. Mm. And then, you know, I meet this cute guy and he's going into the air force. So then it was like any grudge and I was burnt out, but like any graduate school stuff was like, well, how am I supposed to go to grad school? When I'm, you know, he's in flight school right. for nine months and then here for nine months, whatever. So, um, we and now
0: you're podcasting. So you're just <laughs> like, why? So <laughs>
1: the only grandfather I've lost so far, I lost him when I was, um, I think in ninth grade. He actually was an NPR radio host. No way. Wrote, yes. And he wrote books. And so it's wow. so funny because I remember him just being so encouraging to me. Like mm. when I was little, he'd be like, You're the first one in our family that's going to go to college. And, at Christmas, like he wouldn't buy me dolls. He would buy me like circuit engineering kits and things like that. Like, like he just loved being like, you're smart and you're brilliant and you can, you know, you can do anything you want to do. And so it's just so funny because I sit there with a microphone sometimes and I'm just like, I wonder if my grandfather's just up here. Like, (laughs) like,
0: yes. Yes, (laughs) Watching you live your dreams. And I think about this too, how fortunate we are. Um, So many of my problems are first world problems. i always say i'm like i have so many first world problems i have endless first world problems oh yeah but they are first world they problems are exactly
1: first world problems yeah <laughs> yes
0: like, absolutely I'm and worried i
1: worried about, about where the food's coming from no like maybe it's like i like, like, don't like, to the grocery store. upload right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I was trying said. to upload <laughs> like an episode and i was trying to do it like through the um, hotspot on my phone. It was taking forever. I'm like, I'm just going to give up on this. And I was getting all frustrated, but it's like, just wait till you get out.
0: <laughs> like, right? I'm not anybody yeah. else's deadlines. <laughs> and the name of my podcast gives me endless excuses. That is pretty nice. I have <laughs> to say, <laughs> it's pretty nice. Like, if you ever mess up, you're like, well, it's on brand.
1: Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I interviewed this one. So the, the only person that's ever requested an interview, which I was like, what? that's really like I that's really, pretty cool her publisher yep. like sent me a book i was like oh my gosh then i researched her and she used to be like a presidential speechwriter. so i'm like what so i read her book yes. and i'm ready to do this interview and i am so nervous like am i gonna be on time like you know i put like makeup mm. on and everything and um i did the whole first 10 minutes of the interview and i didn't hit record yet no yeah oh no and i was like you've got to be <sighs> kidding me and so I haven't even published it yet, but it's actually going to work out good because I'm doing What's this. What's her
0: name? Um, What's her name? If you don't mind my asking.
1: Oh, it's Colleen Carol Campbell. Oh, yes. Yeah. She, she wrote My Sister's the Saints. I, I need to remember what Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. My Sister's the okay. Saints. And her new book is The Heart of Perfection. Um, mm. And it's so good. It's all I about feel like I how. I need to like, read that. Yeah. it's It's funny because. I didn't really know what it was going to be about, but it, but basically I had to go back and like record that, like what we said and be like, Mm -hmm. this is what we're talking about. So FYI, like when you jump in the conversation, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's about how like people would say, Oh, you're such a perfectionist. And she's like, that's not a bad thing. Like I'm a speechwriter. I'm a this, Mm -hmm. you know, but she realized that her perfectionism became spiritual perfectionism. So the book is about spiritual perfectionism. Which mm. was like mind blowing to me because I thought it was gonna be about like, oh, don't be a perfectionist. And here I am, like, whatever, mm. you know. But it was mm. really good. It was really good.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. Was- There's another good one up for moms for your listeners, um, called by Kate Wicker called Getting Past Perfect. And that yeah, was really good you for me. That
1: one. Okay, I, I did. I did. haven't <laughs> read it yet, but I wrote it down so it's going on my book list. But like nice. I'm I'm just I need to set a bigger goal for my reading because the <laughs> right now I have so many like to read on my
0: like i oh, suggesting
1: all these books i just started confessions by saint augustine so.
0: oh yes that's a good one
1: it's like so many i've never read saint therese's um oh you i gotta know. do what it wrong with you? <laughs> Mo- i've mostly read pretty much every You'll get single there. scott hahn or ed Sree book like that exists yeah. so yeah. i read those and i've read yeah. a, bu- a bunch of like bishop Barron's books and stuff like that yes. but so now i'm getting into like things actually written by the saints. Like I'm really about halfway done with Faustina's diary, but that's a hard one to like.
0: It's that one you have through. to digest a little bit as yeah. you go. Yeah. I I can read one page of that and then put it down and just be, because she's just, she's so dramatic. Yeah. So dramatic. it's very, and it's not, heavy. not needlessly dramatic, but just like dramatic things happen yeah. to her. So
1: I was having, I was like, I'm trying to read it, but like, and Caroline who's on Instagram, be still by Caroline. She was like, no, 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 Don't pick it up and read it straight through. She's like, that's one mm-hmm. of those ones where you're like, God, I'm going to flip open a page and like, let me know what I need to read, you know? And, yeah. um, and I was like, oh, okay. So she's like, it literally just stays on my nightstand. And like, when I need some, that's what I
0: do, you know? And I was yep. like,
1: that's a good thing to do. Cause I was trying to like drudge through and that's kind of like reading the catechism yeah. straight through. Like that's hard. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know what I do love though about St. Faustina is that More so than most of the other dry sort of writings. Yeah. She she gets the heart of it. You can just tell that her connection with Christ's heart is so deep. And that is that's really the thing that I would say made me a real Catholic was this really. Yeah, just the understanding of actually finally getting to know what Christ's heart was, like who he is. Yeah. Actually getting to know the person of Jesus and Up to that point, it had always been this power struggle, um, speaking of perfectionism, of just me wanting to be in control. And, you know, by by the grace of God and through praying this prayer of surrender, which I recommend to everybody who subscribes on my website. I I give it away to all my subscribers in this packet called How to Make the Right Choice. No, I did not write it. It is, I have looked to see who wrote it and I don't know who wrote it. I know there's surrender novenas, but this particular prayer, I love it and um. The reason is because it goes through every part of yourself. So my heart, my mind, my memory, every relationship, my past, oh, okay. my future. And you, if you pray it slowly and you imagine literally handing every part of yourself over to God
1: yeah,
0: one by one, then you recognize it was this, this incredible moment of awareness for me, many moments of awareness of what I was holding back from him. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes you say, Oh God, whatever you want, whatever, you know, I'll give you whatever you want. And yeah. really What it is, is um, you don't realize that maybe you're giving him 80%, but there's still this part or that part of you that you want to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And so that prayer of surrender, as I was discerning religious life, prayer of surrender was incredible for me and so hard. It was like scraping the wallpaper off of a wall. You know, it's like painful, laborious, like horrible at certain moments. And you're like, why do I need to give you everything? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But then he starts, you create that space and you finally give it to him and you're like, okay, I'm empty. What do you have for me? Yeah. And what he gives you back is incredible. And for me, it was this visual prayer experience, which um, I don't think you should rely on visions to call yourself no. a real Christian or Catholic, but I think it was this, this encounter with his heart, this knowing this, he like literally gave me his heart in this visual oh my experience. Gosh. Yeah. It. And then yeah. I can re- and it was transformative. And, um, it made me finally be able to say, I, I know who you are and I trust you and I want to give you my life. And if you want me to be a nun, I I'll do that. I'll do that because I know I'll be with you. So I'll be happy. Yeah. And that's kind of served me really well in every other area of my life as well. Just knowing like, okay, God, I'm scared right now. You know, like the moment when I, um, slid down an icy hill and crashed my car and totaled it at 36 weeks pregnant. That was, and went into false labor. That was a terrifying moment. And being able to say just like, Jesus, I love you. Take care of everything. It's not like it was an instant, you know, didn't take away all the anxiety, but it is just this, this awareness of like, okay, I have your heart and you have my heart and Mm -hmm. I know who you are and that you're in control and that that's the way it should be. And whatever's gonna happen, you and I together can handle it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. Okay, so at what point yeah. did you realize um that religious life was not for you? Because my mm-hmm. well, I call her my assistant. She's like our babysitter, slash she helps mm-hmm. me with things, slash whatever, but she's really becoming like a younger sister. And Bailey awesome. is she is discerning religious life and yeah. she is pretty set. Um Like her spiritual director, I mean, all of us were even like Bailey, this is what your mind like she loves Mm. our children, but she's also like that type of mothering is not for me. Like Mm. you know, she's like, I I am not called to that. Like, but she's a baby Catholic. I think she just converted like two and a half years ago or maybe Okay. So she's a baby Catholic, so they're still like making making her wait, whatever. But um Yeah. Yeah. She's just which is smart. Yes. Um, but I mean she is going through some like legitimate spiritual warfare right now it's bad you know and i told her i kept telling her i'm like of all people like who would the evil one attack it's gonna Mm. be somebody who's like contemplating devoting their life to christ in this way you know yes like you have to persist and she's like if this is discernment i don't want it and i'm like but you do like your soul does and that's why it's such a battle you know what i mean (sighs) so what at what point did you know
0: okay this is such a great question, Heather. <laughs> this is the million-dollar question: Is how so you do you know? know? Well, i i can I can say a few things that will point people in the direction in the right direction. Okay, I can't tell anyone specifically, obviously. Yeah, um, and I want to pre- qualify it all with like, do it with a spiritual director, obviously. Yeah, um, sounds like she is, which is yes, great. She is. I think she
1: yes. has one in Nebraska and one here that she consults oh. with. So that's ooh. Really good. Yeah. One double double
0: duty. Yes. (laughs) That's great. Um, So here's what I would recommend. So, so here's, I'll just, I'll just say what I know Um, (laughs) about myself. Here's how my journey went was like, I mentioned this surrender was kind of this really difficult process for me, but it was so necessary. And it got me to the point where even though I hadn't wanted to be a nun, I recognized that I would be happy as a nun because I would have Jesus no matter what. Yeah, yeah, And I would be happy as a wife and a mother because I would have Jesus and I would yeah. be happy as a single person because I would have Jesus. And of course, you know, there's always things that rock the boat. You're never like a hundred percent totally tranquil all the time. But it was first of all, that, um, just that realization that no matter what my state in life is going to be, I have the Lord. And then second of all, I was, uh, I, I actually visited convents. I did it in a very non-traditional way, as you you know. Yeah. So
1: we're going to talk about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yes. So I was, um, pursued by cameras and they asked me to be, I never left my home for this, Heather. Like I, I wasn't like lining up in the the rain to audition with thousands of other girls. This was something that found its way to me. And they asked me to be on a reality TV show about discernment. Which is crazy what is literally
1: i'm not kidding when i say your the show you were on is the first time i had ever even heard the word discernment in my entire no life way. and i was raised catholic Wow! never in my life was and i mean wow. i was already married for a couple of years and had a child so i always mm. knew like this is what i want to do but i joke and say that if i if i knew catholicism if i mm. knew what i knew now about the Eucharist before I met my husband there's no way I would have gotten married like I, I truly think mm. that like mm. I love him and he's my earth's life mate um and it's funny because Mary uh Lindenburg, she corrected me on that she was like he's not your soulmate your husband is not your soulmate like and when you try to place mm. a human in that spot you're gonna get disappointed you know mm. and I was like oh that is brilliant like you know to yes. tell like young married people like you know what? I know you want them to be your soulmate, but it's not. And when you try to help them eventually um
0: yeah. Yes, sorry, there was just a slight internet delay. So I apologize no, for okay. interrupting you. Um, no, it's okay. Yes, I I actually wrote a blog post called Um You Don't Have a Soulmate, which sounds soul crushing, right? Yay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's actually very helpful. Oh, yeah,
1: it's <laughs> so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've never heard of the word discernment. So it's funny because yeah. like Bailey's discerning like I like you and that your podcast and everything about discernment and stuff it's like when I watched the show you were on I instantly was like oh well discernment doesn't apply to me because I'm married and I have a kid now but I think the realization Mm. that discernment is everything you do
0: oh my gosh if you are if you have a pulse yeah. And if you have the gift of reason, and you, you are discerning, to make
1: any decision ever. Exactly. <laughs> if you
0: have a choice in front of you about whether to eat an Oreo or an apple, you are discerning right? Yeah. because it literally means it. So if you look it up in Merriam-Webster, it's the ability to judge wisely. Oh. That's what it means. So in our walk with God, how do we hear his voice in our daily decisions? Cause honestly, like you're saying, my husband and I are constantly discerning. Where do we move job choices, yeah. uh, career changes, um, Education choices. When is it time to welcome another child? Like all, it answered. It brought up more questions than it answered on the day that we got married. So yeah. yes, absolutely. There's. It's a lifelong walk with yeah. God and hearing His voice. And I haven't. I still haven't answered your question about oh. how do you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. My Sorry. <laughs> the million dollar question. So I was. You know. I. I only. I wanted to go back through sort of some of the. You know prerequisites for the how do you know question just because it's because you're not going to be able to hear the Lord's voice unless you stand in the truth of who you are with him which is to be like the blessed mother and to say I am the handmaid of the Lord be it done unto me according to your word very difficult very easy to say but very difficult yeah. So it's not a linear process and no one's ever going to be perfect at it, but you have to start with that sort of that, um, acknowledgement and that surrender. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, I'd say the next step beyond that would be, um, I just to simplify it. I say, move your feet. If you are thinking about asking a girl out, ask the girl out. If you are thinking about, um, a, a school choice, you know, then go visit the school. If you're yeah. thinking about religious life, go visit convents because, I know for myself and for so many other people, you don't, you, you can't hear the Lord's voice always just like sitting there, you know, with a candle and like praying a Hail Mary. Like you have to sometimes learn through just experience through doing it. Yeah. And I think sometimes we would like to save ourselves a lot of pain and we would like to save ourselves inconvenience. And so yeah. we're like, well, I'm just gonna sit here and pray and God's gonna tell me and just gonna do like a voice in my head. And unfortunately that's often not the way that God wants to speak to us. Yeah. So one of the ways that he'll speak to us is through just doing it, living life. Um, you know, for me, I was an actress in New York City. I was traveling for two years. I was on national tours. And I it was through that process that I figured out I don't want to be an actress the rest of my life because I don't like waking up in a different city every morning. I don't like traveling and having to eat out constantly, I want to be in my own bed. Like I'm a little bit more of a homebody than I realized. Yeah. And furthermore, I want to have the choice of who I surround myself with. And when I was on tour, I didn't have that ability. Yeah. Um, it was very difficult to get to mass. My spiritual life really backslid and I was, I was picking up a lot of habits that I didn't like.
1: Yeah. And
0: so I was like, you know what? I don't think that this lifestyle is something that suits me. So it was yeah. through moving my feet. And then same thing with the convent. I Well, I visited four convents, um, three on the sisterhood and one off camera to make sure I got a genuine discernment experience. And yeah. it was through doing the holy hour every day, um, going to mass every day, which were off camera. Um, and then, you know, just living the life and being with the sisters that I got a lot of answers. Yeah. So all that is prerequisite. I still, Heather, have not answered your question. <laughs> i'm getting to it i promise um i didn't even know exactly what we were going to talk about tonight so i'm just like going through my whole method here for discernment
1: no worries Um, because i literally well when i interviewed colleen i had like all these notes but everybody else i i don't want this to ever feel like it's anything but two friends like sitting on a couch having right a cup of coffee and or in my case
0: a black russian (laughs)
1: wondering what you were drinking
0: <laughs> yeah so it's a very small black russian it's um vodka and coffee liqueur oh so you know my whole thing is called and caffeinated yeah so i it's too late at night to drink coffee but i am having coffee liqueur so that that so it's funny because that counts
1: i was i was like oh when i get on the phone like on the chat i should ask her what she's drinking and then I thought, you know, I really just want coffee, like right now, like that's what I wanted. But I'm like, it's eight o'clock at night. I don't need coffee. I'll be up all night. <laughs> and right now, right, me too. I might need. A, a, you said it's a black Russian.
0: It's a black Russian, is what it's yes, called. And then if you f- add pepper. cream to it, it's a white Russian.
1: Ah, mm, okay.
0: Yeah, okay. it's really good. It's really. I just had a very small one, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like fine. I can admit people that people are
1: like, I like. I guess my husband said. Oh, this lady just went viral because she says she has to drink to like deal with her kids or something. And it's like this Australian <laughs> woman, and I looked her up, and she is hippy dippy, like nothing like me. But he joked, he was like, "It's not you, don't worry." I'm like, I don't say that I have to drink to deal with my kids, no. but there's something about like when your children go to sleep to feel like an adult for a minute.
0: Oh I'm my gosh, have a beverage yes. that
1: these little tiny humans cannot have, and I to right. relax. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> right,
0: whatever that means for you. I have a friend who's like. I drink diet Coke, and and she goes running every night. And I'm like, "You are the healthiest person on this planet. Congratulations!" Right? I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's her. But that's her reward, and that has been so true with Irish twins. We can talk about the twins experience, twins versus Irish twins. Yes, yes. But I do want to make sure I answer your question because it was such a good one. Um, Okay, so I'll just say so. I did. I did the whole discernment thing. I gave God time. Mm -hmm. I finished the um, I finished the, uh, what am I talking about? The TV show. Sorry. Yeah. I've had a few sips of the black Russian here. <laughs> um, and then I went back to my home and I was preparing to enter the convent. I was applying, I was talking to the vocations director and she said she had to mourn the children and the husband she would never have. She had to grieve them and get through that grieving process. Mm-hmm. And she said that it's only through that, that you can have a healthy, life as a nun because it is natural to want a husband and children, yeah. but it's supernatural to have the vocation of of religious life. So I thought that was really interesting. And, and I took that to prayer and it didn't feel very good to me. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I'd been surrendering to God for months, but there was something in me that was really resisting grieving yeah. the husband and the children I would never have. And I would pray about it and I would hand it over to God and I would still just be was like this, this devastating crushing weight on me. And I would just keep, keep bringing it every day. And then finally I got to the point where I was like, God, you're not, I would ask him. So here's, here's the cool thing. Cool slash frustrating thing. Yeah. I would say to God, I'd be like, God, just tell me the answer. I just want to know, please tell me whatever you want. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And he would just say, do you know how much I love you? And I was like, thank you. But, <laughs> but anyways, back to my question, but back to my question. And, and that's always been the case for me is like, God is less concerned with the answer and more concerned with me yeah. um, just taking care of me. And I think that's because a lot of times he wants us to choose ourselves. He wants us to have the responsibility of choosing because he loves us as children, not as slaves. Yeah. And so he wants us to be able to exercise our free will. And that was a hard lesson to learn because I would have loved for God to just give me the answer just that I you wanted. Just give the answer, yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: okay, so we had a mission, like a priest come to our parish for Christmas, and mm. uh, or for Advent. I mean, oh uh, yeah, that's ooh, right. So so bad of me, so bad ooh. Catholic of me to mention Christmas before Christmas. No, I'm just kidding. How but, dare um, <laughs> right? I know um the liturgical police are gonna be emailing us Um, that's right (laughs) so i um so we have this priest come and he is such a bro like he Mm. gets up there to do his homily and his homily is great and i'd been thinking like oh i want to go to the mission but it started at seven every night it was like Mm. monday sunday monday tuesday yeah i'm like i don't know his homily was like amazing so that was my like okay you need to go because this guy's a great speaker and so he's the priest at Louisiana State University at LSU okay Mm -hmm. total bro like I guess his brother (laughs) goes to our parish his younger brother goes to our parish but I mean just the way he talks I think he's maybe like four or five years older than me but he just talks like Hmm. such a surfer dude like he just that is funny really yeah he's got a whole podcast too and it's only where they publish LSU publishes his homilies in the podcast. So it's his po- homilies from every Sunday. I mm. mean, I binged them after like mm. meeting him at this thing because the way he speaks about having a personal relationship with Jesus was something I had never experienced before. And mm. I had been to benediction like once or twice before.
0: Mm.
1: Obviously, I've been to adoration in my since my spiritual journey, I, you know, we have a 24/7 adoration chapel at my parish. So, you know, I go to adoration I'm trying to get myself to go at least once a week now, but as the kids get older, it'll be much more freaking. That's like my goal. I'm like daily mass and daily adoration would be the goal. Like when the kids are not.
0: Yeah. Um, Someday. Someday.
1: So he started, he starts every homily by invoking the Holy spirit.
0: Wow. By literally
1: being like, make our hearts and souls, fruitful soil so that you're like, that we may bear fruit, you know, let these scriptures speak to us. Please make mm. me an instrument of your love and your peace and whatever. And so it's like, mm. not only are you just being aware of the fact that that man is surrendering himself completely to every word that is coming out of his mouth, yes. you know, it's beautiful to see somebody mm. so young doing it. Beautiful. But yeah. then when he started his um, mission talks, he comes out like full on vestments. And normally they'd be in their little, you know, cassock or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he comes out full on vestments and he's like, hey... Look, I don't really feel comfortable talking for a straight hour up here if mm. Jesus isn't here. So we're gonna expose the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And we literally sang the um the song Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Do you know that song?
0: Hmm. I don't I'll have think to I knew send that it one. to you.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're singing Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And this man is literally on his knee on his hands and knees, like in the fetal position in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Wow. Praying for the all five minutes of this song, just that the Lord will speak through him. And wow. then he goes over and like the, the sacraments exposed the entire time he gives us his, his speech, you know, and then we finished um, with benediction and it was just so amazing that he captivated me so much that I was mm-hmm. like, I want, I want to feed off of everything that comes out of his mouth, out of his mouth. Yes. Like it was so good. So I start binging mm. all of his podcasts and um he, had one where he was talking about his discernment process and he was saying that like, if God answers every one of your prayers, he was like, I would have been married like six times already. If he answered every (laughs) one of my prayers, you know, and he was like, but he didn't. And he said, and it was painful. It was really painful. Yes, And he said, he just kept like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, if you want me to be a priest, I'll be a priest, but just like, let me know so I can make a decision. So I guess Mm -hmm. he went on, um, like this silent retreat and he's in adoration all this time. And, and literally they're like, when you get back from this retreat, we need to know if you're going to be a deacon, which is, you know, the Mm -hmm. next step before priesthood. And so he's like, he's like, everybody's like, Hey man, we want to know if you want to be a deacon. He's like, me too. Waiting on the answer. Like I'm waiting on it. It's not coming, you know? So he's praying and he's praying. And he said, he was in this chapel and he jokes that when he was, um, that When the people at this church have a bad day, if there's security cameras in the chapel, they probably play the video of him realizing what his his call in life is because he was like (laughs) skipping up and down like the aisle of the church and like dancing around, like, God loves me. Like, you know, and it was like this realization that it's the realization that it doesn't matter what you do because God's going to love you anyways, meaning when you're following his will, not it doesn't matter what you do, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was saying that he had this vision that the lord was telling him that if he if he just transplanted a tree if you were like i want an oak tree in my front yard and you transplanted the tree and you just went to like lsu's campus got one of their huge oak trees mm-hmm. plopped it right in your yard it would fall over you would need mm-hmm. you would need poles and the the first storm that came its way would knock it right over and it would fall yes. on somebody's house and it would be a disaster and he said but when you buy an oak tree in a seed and you let it grow and make its root systems Mm -hmm. that thing become when it and he's like you know when you're sitting on your porch and you're watching this tiny little puny tree and you're like i'm waiting for this thing to grow Mm -hmm. he said but finally once the tree is grown and it bears the fruit that gives you the answer of what you're supposed to do that tree is so rock solid in its foundation that it's not going anywhere
0: i love that that is i've never heard that analogy yeah yeah
1: and so it's like then you think of like storms are going to come like lightning might even strike, but when that thing is so solid. Mm -hmm. And so when Bailey was just, she's battling all the spiritual warfare and Mm -hmm. I made her listen to that podcast episode. And then I just keep saying like, Mm -hmm. this is your root system, you know, because I want to tell her too, that like, she's going to need to mourn, you know, like what happens when you're a nun and you've committed yourself and maybe you reach the age of 35 where like, oh, now the eggs are declining and things like that. And then it's like every menstrual cycle that comes along is a reminder that you're never going to be a mother.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so
1: it's like Mm -hmm. you don't want to live your life in that amount of despair. So you have to – it has to be challenged like so that the tree is strong enough to withhold those storms that come, you know. So he was – his stuff is just absolutely amazing. His whole thing was three days. It was remain in me. But it was um focusing first on your relationship with Christ, then your identity in Christ and then the mission he's given you mm. and um it was it was absolutely amazing like i i I want to have him on the podcast' so he's
0: cool um, yeah and he's that's his, amazing
1: he's doing such big things like he's the vocation director for Baton Rouge mm. and um at l s u they just opened up like a massive adoration chapel there so they have cool. the largest catholic um student population in the entire nation for any public school like yeah. i mean just wow big that's that really cool with. they have an entire our ladies fighting tigers group and it's people <sighs> who sign up online and they assign you students to pray for so like oh, it's just cool. so beautiful for like the student to contact you and be like i'm i have an exam coming up or whatever and so mm-hmm. like all during exams they have 24 7 adoration like just beautiful and i thought it's beautiful like, colleges need that. You know, like I wasn't, um, I wasn't of the age where focus existed. It was still only at Benedictine. Um, And so that didn't exist for me. Like we had a Newman center, but Mm. that was like it. Um, Mm. And I never once stepped foot in there. I went to Easter Mm. and Sunday mass or um, Mm -hmm. Easter and Christmas mass pretty much. But um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just think of like how transformative having those kind of people on a college campus could be.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. you need that. Yes. And in college, I have to say, I did not have my root system in place yet in high school too. And yet somehow I felt like I was entitled to know the plan for my life. Yay. And I, I wasn't ready. Like if someone had told me that by this point in my life, if God had told me, Oh, this is where you'll be. You're going to be living in the suburbs with two children and these are going to be your struggles. And this is a, I wouldn't have been excited about it because at that point in my life, it sounded like the normal expected thing to do. I wanted to be on Broadway.
1: Yeah. So yeah. even
0: though I, if I had said, God, I want whatever you want. It wasn't really true. Even, it, even though it was true to the best of my knowledge, it wasn't really true. Yeah. So God, he's going to give you the answer in, in his perfect time. And I know that everyone says that. And I know that that's really hard to hear yeah. when you're like, but what about now? But, um, yeah, I love that he talked about the root system. That's really cool. I, I, I think I describe I've described discernment a different way, but it totally, it's totally yeah. linear with what you just said. It, it totally makes sense. You should, um, I should send you his information. You should definitely interview I would, him. Like, he's I would amazing. love
1: that. Yeah, he's just that amazing. sounds so cool. I actually asked him for an interview, but like I haven't heard back yet. So I'm sure maybe he'll catch up on Yes, I'm sure he'll catch up on his emails. Um, once like the kids go home for, for school, you know? Right. But, yes, um, definitely. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to keep tugging on it. And his brother sat in front of me in mass today. And I almost was like, dip, dip. I'm gonna do it.
0: Pull those strings, girl. Sorry. You got to, you got to tap on some shoulders sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But the, the way that I think about discernment is I think about it like you're peeling away layers of an onion where there's kind of your core desire and what you are presented with our whole bunch of desires, and you want all these things, yeah because I wanted to be a nun and a mother at certain points in my life. I wanted both, but then you have to figure out it's really a process of getting to know yourself uh-huh. and God has planted that desire at your core that whatever it is in that calling he's planted that in your core since the beginning, and he knows it's there. It's just a question of you. Getting to the point where you know yourself. Yeah. So that when you make that choice, it makes sense with the you that you know. Yeah. As opposed to like God, God sometimes will call people very dramatically. It's totally possible. He can work in many different ways. But at the same time, too, so many of my choices have just come through. Me going through experiences that helped me to get to know myself better, to the point where I could securely say, without God giving me a voice or giving me a sign, just the point where I could say, "Okay, this makes sense for my life. This is what I want. This isn't what I want." Yeah, and I could just, and it gets, it gets easier as I get a little bit older. You know, I yeah, like you recognize yeah. it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. I think when I hit 30, my feet just landed on the ground and I was so much more able to say, I don't need to please everybody all the oh time. Gosh, I, I feel like that need... happened when
1: I was 32. I was like, <gasps> yes. Like I struggled. Awesome. A lot. My husband's, um, you know, we were supposed to interview last week. Um, mm-hmm. and when we stop recording, I'll tell you about what happened, but, um, so we, mm. uh, went to his Christmas party and, I used to be, when he first got in the Air Force, I used to be, like, at all the wife things, and I was on Mm. the spouses club and all this stuff, and Mm. I was having so much anxiety leading up to it, because I deal with this, like, Mm. you have to look, not physically good, you have to be um, a good arm piece for him, like, you have to speak appropriately, Mm. and I mean, it was a Christmas party, it was an ugly Christmas party, so, sweater party, so it's not like you know, he's up giving a speech in some suit it was more just mm. like watch your p's and q's like don't offend anybody so then i feel yeah. like not that my normal self is offensive and mean or whatever but it's like i then i feel like i can't be myself mm. um that you have to put on a face and then i start thinking like mm-hmm. i have friends i have good friends i don't need to be friends with these people and so then i feel mm-hmm. like i'm you know then you're then all of a sudden i find myself kind of leaning up against a wall like who have i become like I was a dance. I used to dance in front of 66,000 people at the footballs, you know, and like Mm. go around and do ESPN tailgates and stuff. And now here I am like, you know, and I just Demure, somebody's
0: idea of what you should be, that kind of thing. Yeah. it's like Uh
1: there's 85 people in this room that I don't know. So now it's going to be how do you do's and stuff. But it's really that struggle of like Mm -hmm. I've spent a good chunk of time peeling away those layers. Like I know who I am. Mm. And I also worry too that when I'm around people that maybe are not the bubble of people I surround myself with, which right now is very faithful. Um, I think mm-hmm. one of them is like 45 and one of them's 40. Like they've got a million mm-hmm. kids, and one of them was discerning religious life. So like these people are mm-hmm. so faithful that like a foul word does not come out of my mouth when I'm around them. Like you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like I'm around these people that I feel like lift my soul up. So then I worry that when I go mm-hmm. to these functions and people are tossing around bad words or talking about mm. this and that, like, I, you know, you feel yourself kind of slipping back into old habits and things. And yeah. um, then my additional thing is like, we used to live here when I was, Bailey calls it PJB, pre pre Jesus Bailey, and I call it PJH. Um, so like, before I really came home, um, you know, I was not living a very, not living a holy life at all. And so I worry that like, these people that maybe knew me six years ago and then they see me again at a Christmas party and they're like, oh, who's this girl? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like this, it's like a going to your high school reunion or something, which I will never do. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that's how I feel sometimes on social media with my people who knew me as an actor. Yeah. And I was always, they always knew I went to church, but no one ever really like asked me about it or wanted to hear about it particularly. It wasn't yeah. the part of myself that I talked about. Yeah. So it was kind of this, Um. yeah. Then it's funny becoming like, I don't know. At a certain point, you just make a switch, and you're like, "I'm just using social media for Jesus," and that's what it is. Yep. And not that every post has to be like all about sacrament. Perfect. Like no, no, definitely not. But it there's that's the heart of a lot of what I care about and what I think about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and so I, I definitely have thought about that, like me doing this reality TV show about discerning religious life they're like what you know what yeah the side of me that loved my faith is not the side that they really saw yeah because it was not a welcome topic to talk about and so I'm like they're just gonna think I'm a fraud they're gonna think I'm weird I don't know I don't know what they're gonna think yeah and um yeah and and most of them did care, <laughs> yeah. or at least they just never said anything. They were probably yeah. in their own circles, just like, "Did you see what Stacy's doing? Like, what in the heck?" Yeah. But nobody ever got back to me and was like, "How dare you?" You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I had nothing to prove to anyone, and I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally your onion yeah. analogy. So there was yeah. a
1: homily that I I don't know where I heard it some somewhere, but he, the priest was talking about like um, you know the a camel cannot pass through the eye of the needle. So mm-hmm. the eye of the needle is an actual door in Jerusalem. It's not oh. getting a camel to go through an eye of a needle. It's 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 a door in Jerusalem oh. and it's a very small door. And the only way huh. you can get the camel to go through it is if you strip the camel of every ounce of baggage, it gets on its hands and knees and crawls in. Whoa. And so the idea that like, you can't enter the kingdom of God until you shed yourself of everything worldly. Yes. And that's the idea of it is like, even whenever I hear like, you know, it's the gate to heaven is narrow, stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of times people always assume that that means not a lot of people get in. But what I take from it because of the eye of the needle homily is it's not necessarily that that God won't welcome a lot of people in that he's going to be this super judgmental God, but more so that you have to shed everything before you can yes. fit through that tiny gate, you know? And, yes. and so, I mean, that can go into the whole purgatory, whatever it is. Um, right. But, but yeah. yeah. That's so, beautiful. There's so a, how are you, mm-hmm. I just want to know, how were you approached for the show? Cause I loved it. That's like my, like my first experience. Oh, okay. Seeing, yes. Yeah. Seeing some very happy, holy people. Um, or women striving for holiness. And mm-hmm. that kind of started this little, like, why would you do that? Like, why would mm-hmm. you devote your life to Jesus in that way? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then seeing you yeah. go to adoration and things like that was like, what's adoration? Like, I, I didn't know, you know? Wow. And so it was all That these is so that, cool. It's really that, cool.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's not cool that you didn't know that no. or like, didn't have that context yet, but it was just really cool because I wondered how this show was going to hit people. And you know, there and like, it, you don't there were know. Catholic
1: seeds in mm-hmm. me because I was raised yes. Catholic, but it was very much yes. in name only. That's, um, but yeah. seeing mm-hmm. the way those women lived and being mm-hmm. like, why, why is she like prostrate on her face in front of a piece of bread? Like I didn't understand mm-hmm. because to me, I just thought it was a memorial or a you know mm-hmm. symbolism or something. And so then right. that coming into that and realizing like then it all evolves and you start learning about the real presence and everything. That's like. Oh, like people will give up their entire life for a piece of bread. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. And so it's, it's very much. Oh yeah. Um, Exactly. Because it's not bread. (laughs) Because it's Jesus. Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was very, very, I mean, if, if not like little sparks, but it was very, Mm. very transformative in my faith because I want to say. I think it came out, it came out in like 2014, right?
0: Yes, 2014. Okay, so
1: it came out in 2014. So I had like a 10-month-old at the time. And then um, Mm. I had volunteered with, um, I had already volunteered at our cathedral to teach confirmation. Mm. And um, so I was, you know, we were just starting up confirmation. They were starting their Ascension Press program. And it was amazing, the Chosen program. It was really good. And um, is that the one Father Mike Schmitz is on? Yeah, it's like Father Mike Schmitz yeah. and Jackie and Bobby and
0: oh yeah, yeah,
1: it's so good. And yeah. um, uh, yeah, Father Josh, like all the big names, oh, you know. Cool. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so good. And he, I, we had a retreat, and it, that was the first time I went to Benediction. That was the first time I heard of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Was on this retreat with this eighth graders, with mm-hmm. these eighth graders, and um, I had a friend watch my son a friend that I did CrossFit with. And, you know, when we were at CrossFit, we were listening to rap music with horrible language, and I was speaking Mm. horrible language and whatever. And so Jen took my son to CrossFit with her, and everybody's like, where's Heather? Why do you have, you know, her son? Where's Heather? And she's like, oh, she's on a church retreat all day. Mm. And she came back to me and said, everybody was like, what? Heather goes to church? And that was my realization. I was like, I am developing this massive relationship with the Lord, and I am not living like it, you know? And Mm. that was one of my huge... Transformations was like I need to remove myself from situations until I can get control of myself that lead me to live a life that is not reflection of the interior life that I'm living. You know, yeah. um, peeling yeah. away all those layers. You know, but peel your, those. That yes. show definitely. So it's like when I found you on the social so media, cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. To answer your earlier question about how I was approached for the show. Yeah. My friend who is um, agnostic, actually, to this day, still, hey. she had moved to Los Angeles to pursue film and movie movies and TV, mm-hmm. which was never my passion. I always wanted to be on Broadway. That was yeah. my singer, dancer, actor. And she, so I, to put it in context, it was 2013. Yeah. I had returned from the Beauty and the Beast National Tour. So I was living on the road. I was Traveling to seventy different cities in the course of eleven months, and um, uh, playing a whole bunch of different roles and understudying Mrs. Potts in the wardrobe. That was my so cool. It was super cool. Yeah, I got to go on for both of those lead roles, which was really cool. And then I was a dancer and singer in the ensemble as well. Yeah. And fork a plate, a napkin. You know, live in the dream, be in a dancing (laughs) place setting. Cool. You know, it's one way to make a living. It was great. (laughs) But on the course of that tour, it was really the. That was kind of the, the time when I realized I am not meant to do this in the mm-hmm. long run because I just came back and I just had this worm in my stomach eating away at me just saying this is not the right thing. Yeah. So I came back and I was just spiritually exhausted and not sure what to do with the rest of my life. But I continued to audition, but I started going to daily mass. Okay. And about a month after that, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life anymore because I was skipping my auditions to go to daily mass and working as a waitress. And my friend who had moved to Los Angeles sent me this post that was from some I don't know where. And was looking for young women between the ages of 20 and 30, send us some pictures, tell us about yourself in a couple of paragraphs, look forward to hearing from you. And it was like this unspecified film project. It was like, okay. Um, and so I was like, well, it's Tuesday and I don't know what I'm doing with my life, so I'm going to apply for this. And so I did. Right. And they called me an hour later. And as an actress, you learn that you always pick up a 212 number because that is the New LA. York area code. Oh,
1: New York. Okay.
0: New York area code. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, if a 212 number that you don't recognize calls you, it might be a casting agent. Who knows? Wow. So I picked up and they were like, hi, we got your submission. We'd love to talk to you more. Uh, could you do a phone interview? And I was like, okay. Thinking, like my friend who moved to Los Angeles, she was like, I apply to things. She's like, I apply to like 20 things a day and I have never gotten a call back. This was my first time, Heather. Oh my Never gosh. wanted to be on TV or anything. didn't even yeah. know what this project was. And they, they did a phone interview, just asked me about myself. And then they did a Skype interview and then didn't hear anything for a month. And then they called me and they are like, Hey, could we come over to your apartment and film you and put you on camera to see how you do? And I was like, Okay, why not? Meanwhile, still working as a waitress, still going to daily mass, not sure what I'm doing with my life. So they put me on camera. And I honestly think the reason that I booked the show, Heather, is because I, they asked me to say the Our Father into the camera because they were putting together like this teaser reel for the networks that they were going to pitch to. They were going to make it, you know, dramatic and whatever. So they said, could you say the Our Father into the camera? And I said, do you want it in English or in Latin? Latin. Oh, stop. And they were like, You speak Latin, you know. And I was I was like, Well, I took like a year of Latin and like my family goes to Latin mass every Sunday, you know. That is amazing. So, and they're like, Would you like me to yeah. sing
1: it like a high mass or a low
0: mass? <laughs> right. Well Leah, like which uh which mass part with de Angelus, like oh, what what goodness. were you talking about here? So you know funny. so my oh my gosh. It was that is really cool. Yeah, and then I didn't hear anything for six months, and in the course of that time. I left New York city and I went out to long Island. I found this young adult community where I was discerning it. I was just discerning whatever God had next for me. And the reason I went to that community, it sounds weird. It's like, I, I, before I heard about it, I expected them all to be wearing like floor length hemp skirts and like growing their own vegetables and like never cut their hair. You know, that kind of way I'm like, what is this? But it actually was this, it was the coolest people I'd ever met. And they all lived together in a seminary with, two priests who were the chaplains and there was daily mass confession spiritual direction and it was a retreat center so they had perpetual adoration meals served to you every day 250 acres in the most beautiful location i've ever been in on long island and it was honestly it was this dream place for me so i'm living there in a discernment community and then they called me and they're like do you want to be on a tv show And um, that was a scary moment. It was exciting, but it was really scary. And I never got an answer from God. Like, again, this goes back to your question. How do you know? I never got a solid answer from God. So I gathered as much data as I could. I... Asked the you know the company a lot of questions about what their intentions were for this show. Are you going to try to make us look stupid? Are you going to bring in some crazy nuns? To, you know, is this all yeah. just like a show to make it, fun of Catholics, right, or is this yeah. actually discerning? You know, our journey and what's going to be like. And so they gave me a lot of information, and I felt good moving forward with it. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Maybe this will be a failure, but I'm going to go to another convent off camera before I go to the you know, the three convents on yeah. camera just to make sure in case it is a crazy experience that I give the Lord the opportunity to speak. Yeah, And I was like, maybe I'll go to that convent and I'll get my answer and I won't have to do this show. Um, <laughs> so I went to visit Little Sisters of the Poor in Queens. I went three times I and I cool. was like, I really love this. And I was like, Dang it. <laughs> now I have to do the show. <laughs> so yeah, that's so that's, awesome. that's how that sh- shook down. It was, it's kind of funny, actually, a lot of the times that God has been calling me to something, it's not the thing I'm pursuing. It's the thing that's pursuing me. Yeah. And that's how, you know, sometimes Definitely. that that's what, yeah, you're, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you really do, you know, certainly with the podcast, I've been um, doing the naptime hustle, you know, when the kids are asleep and I am working hard to just yeah. like put it because I believe in it. So yeah. that's been, I've pursued that because I believe in it and I love it. And so- yeah. That's been well, one and of those I things. I think,
1: I mean, you've read Jen Fullweiler's book, right? Uh,
0: one Beautiful Dream? Yes. I love that book. Me I would too. love to interview her.
1: I know. Mm-hmm. I know I
0: tried, but. It was great. <laughs> Keep trying. You know what? With Father Mike Schmitz, I had to try a lot. And, yeah.
1: and then it happened. Fine. And finally, he's like, I'm just going to do an interview so that they Have stop it. contacting me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. That's all. Um, yeah. But I just feel like there's this. That might
0: be it. Who knows? <laughs>
1: um, I just feel like there's there's that little flame in us because we are all made in the image of our creator and therefore creating whether it's creating meals or creating a really healthy home or creating Mm -hmm. a warm and cozy home or creating podcasts or art or whatever it's like there is something in us that becomes that feels fulfilled when we connect with that part of our creator and Mm-hmm. When I it was funny because I like started my blog with no intent of ever doing a podcast. I don't even think I'd listen to a podcast yet. Mm-hmm. And then um so funny. and then some people were like, Oh, you should do a podcast, you should do whatever. And I was I have a friend who produces podcasts in DC and I was like, How do I do this? And he was mm-hmm. he went he was in the core cadets with Brandon in college and he's like, I'll send you the info on how to get a podcast started. I bought a twenty dollar mic on Amazon and like here we are, you know? Here but it's are. great because it was something that was just kind of this like I'll spend $20 and start a podcast like let's try but yeah. I keep getting reassurance from God that this is what I'm supposed yes. to be doing like mm-hmm. I've had a few people contact me and be like I like was on the brink of taking my own life and I saw a post you made or something mm. or um, you know or I don't wow. I feel like I can't balance my life and everything's crazy and like why would I take the children to mass if like, I can't even shower once every seven days yeah, or something. And that's your apostolate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it really mm-hmm. is. And I, and I, you're right. It's like, it's not work when you, um, you're very passionate about it. And the fact that like, yeah. like I will 100% if God tells me like, not anymore, then I, then I'll drop it. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. But, um, but like for right now, it's like, there's a need and I see like a need fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, in me just being because and a part of it too was like okay as I'm going through this walk and trying to find you know my path to holiness and everything it was like I was looking around at some of these women that just seemed so holy and I was like I am Mm. not that like I thought I was called to motherhood Mm -hmm. which I am I'm definitely called to motherhood but like it's not all roses and sunshine like I envisioned when I was 13 like oh
0: I'm a hot mess oh yeah with my motherhood journey. It's it's so messy.
1: Yes, it's so yeah. messy. And it's like, it's okay when your kids disrupt mess. Like, it's not supposed to happen every time, but like, right. Like I had one mom message me and she's like, today when I was going up to get the Eucharist, my son lifted up my skirt and everybody behind us <gasps> saw my underwear. And I was ah! like, <laughs> and I was like, well, let's hope their heads were down in prayer. And like, you know, <laughs> but then it's just like, you know, custody of the eyes. Right. Oh, you know, gosh. like, it's That's just. Funny life is going to happen you know like
0: yeah and, yeah and it's
1: okay to just laugh at it and be like well that's oh that poor like, lady what are you gonna do about it either you can obsess and get upset or you can yes. laugh it off and be like I'm gonna give this to you Jesus because at least I'm here like you know the life mm-hmm. I'm living and I'm here you know so um, oh
0: I completely identify with that it is um having children is the most humbling experience of my life oh, and yeah. You have twins. I have Irish twins. I'm not sure which is more difficult. I think it depends on the personality oh yeah. and the situation in life and how much so help I was going to say, have. I think
1: the phase in life, because yeah, because honestly, like I sound like such a brat when I say this, but their first year of their life was not bad. Like I had already had two kids. For but, twins? Oh yeah.
0: It was really, easy. it was, oh fun. my gosh. Like it was wow, just logistics. Good for you.
1: It was like, wow. <sighs> You know, if you're going to change a diaper, change two diapers. Like, whatever. Honestly, it was just safety. Keeping the two-year-old from trying to pick them up by their necks and stuff. That was terrifying. (laughs) Um, Don't sit on the baby's head, please. Yeah. No, she (laughs) was, like, I mean, it was bad. Like, our pediatrician was, like, she could kill them. You have to, like, guard them (gasps) from her because she, like, flipped over one of the baby bouncers. One time she got mad. Oh, my God. Like, it was just, yeah. So we had to keep her gated in a different room. So it was just logistics. But Mm. once they started walking. Yes. This past year it's just like it's just like a whirlwind. Like they're talking and yeah. they're walking and they're fighting and they're punching each other. But then yeah. like they love each other so much that if you give one a bottle, she walks over and gives it to her sister first before she'll take yeah. it. So it's just the most precious, Aww. amazing bond. But yeah. also it's like
0: it is trying to you get know-
1: everybody in the car right now. Mm-hmm. it's just a nightmare.
0: <laughs> wow. So your experience sounds a lot like mine with Irish twins. Cause it's two pregnancies, but it's less than a year apart. So 364 days and my son. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you're frozen.
0: Are not alone because this is my journey. Um, I had prenatal slash postpartum depression. Cause I got. Pregnant when I was three months postpartum. Yeah, my son was waking up four to eight times a night every night, and I was newly pregnant. It was such I I don't I barely got through the days. It was so bad. Yeah, and then my daughter was born 364 days later, and the day, the night she was born was the first night that my son slept through the night ever. So oh he didn't God. sleep through the night for a year, and then but then magically when she was born he slept through the night. But then she didn't sleep through the night. Yeah, so and you never so, slept. I never slept and through sleep the night for two years form of in a row. Torture
1: for a reason. It is. Yeah, two years. <laughs> Evelyn, Evelyn. So my yeah. number two didn't. Um, we sleep trained Lane when he was like seven months old because Brandon was about to deploy, and I was like, I'm mm. broken. Like I can't do this. And I definitely um, had postpartum man. with him, but I yeah. was in this cloud of like, this is what I've always wanted. So, I'm not allowed to complain about mm-hmm.
0: it. Yes, um, yes, and that too. is hard to to decide. I'm just gonna start talking about this. I'm just gonna let people know I'm not okay, yeah, and it was hard. We had also just moved uh, you know, oh, I'm yeah. the moving thing, oh man, we just moved to a place where we knew not a soul, and it was a very hard winter upstate New York, yeah. very difficult, we're and I'm not up trying to win we're in upstate oh, um Corning,
1: oh, okay, you so that is yes, yeah. so we were okay. in um Watertown, oh, huh, you so- were lived there. Yeah, until oh. last year, we just moved back to Louisiana last year. Oh, that's we spent, so. so funny. Yeah, so we were like okay. no lie, 25 minutes from Canada, and that's, living right mm-hmm. on the yeah on Lake Ontario. No yep. joke with the snow. bitter winters. Yes, terrible. We yes. drove through Corning and every time, and we had to have to drive through State so College funny. to get to my parents' house. every oh time Oh my
0: drove gosh, yeah. And there's less sun there than Seattle. And I'm not trying to Ooh. win the motherhood suffering Olympics here. It's just no. that it's just that i want other moms who just feel like something is not okay i just want you to feel totally free to speak up about it and own your experience because if you the feel not okay then they're that way
1: it's the yes. anomaly where everything is perfect
0: yeah there are going to be
1: days in motherhood where you're literally like i don't want to do this like
0: i don't yeah. you know your i don't know how open. i'm going to do this
1: yeah mm-hmm. and
0: And it's okay.
1: I mean, I even, even recently, and I, I'm still on medication for postpartum stuff, but Mm. um, even recently, like I was having gallbladder issues and we were sure it was my gallbladder. Mm. And I was honestly in that machine getting a scan praying, like, I hope my gallbladder has to come out because I want a break. And like, I thought like, that needs to be something people say because it's sad, Mm. but it's, it's also exhausting and it's okay to be like, it's okay to tell people that you need a break from your kids. like. That doesn't make you a bad mom. Like it's okay to know that you need to fill yourself up or that. And the other day my husband just said, hey, we have to get X, Y, and Z for Elaine's birthday party. Like, do you want to go? Do you just need like a minute? And I was like, I would love to just go by myself. Just to be alone.
0: I know that's my fantasy Christmas (laughs) gift is like a private island where I can go spend the rest of my (laughs) life. I love my husband. He's welcome to come.
1: Yeah. But just. (laughs) I just want like a permanent hotel room for like one or two days every day. Or I can just yes. go and nobody's a retreat. To to
0: me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my fantasy totally. Yes. Yeah, there's it's very hard and um yeah, going it's through so humbling. <laughs> Like, yes. You
1: think you planned out the whole day and
0: no, or just like, you kidding. know, when right. they don't go down for naps, those are the hardest for me oh, because yes. I feel very entitled to my little bit of free time in the middle of the day after we've been going for six hours, I need a little time. Yes. And then we can go back to going for another five hours or whatever yeah. before bedtime, but it's like, I need that time. So in the days when they don't nap, it's extra, extra difficult. Oh, yeah. God. So it's just, it's so humbling. And I think, um, I think it was really helpful for me to see, there was another mom who ran a mother's group. And the year before when I was pregnant with my son. So the year before I had my, my daughter, before I was trying to do the Irish twins thing, which was not planned BT (laughs) dubs. Um, the mom who, yeah, the mom who was, uh, running my women's group at state college, Pennsylvania, she was going through, um, prenatal depression and she was so vulnerable about it. She would just say how she was doing and it was like she was so okay not being okay certain days and just talking about the pain that she was experiencing and both physically and emotionally and I think that really prepared the way for me to just admit more quickly than perhaps I would have otherwise that just like I I'm not okay and I need help and I'm really struggling yeah and um and so that's part of what I feel called to as well just as far as being a witness as a mom is like a whole, um, whole new level of like admitting that struggle. And on days when it feel hard to just be like, okay, I should not be comparing myself to anyone else's experience right now, because I should not have to feel a certain way about being a mom. I am a mom and I am a good mom because I am trying my best but not because I am perfect. And that's been a a really big journey for me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and my first, so you talk about like the difficulty when they start walking. Uh My son walked before he was seven months old.
1: My son walked when he was eight months old.
0: Get out. But then my daughter
1: didn't walk till like 15 months old.
0: Okay. Um, And you're like, (laughs) when they walk, you're like so proud. Like, oh, early development. But then you're like, wait, can we do the how about you sit down for a long time? Yeah, everybody (laughs) joked. They were like, we're going
1: to catch Heather kicking the twins over when they try to stand up because like, I did not, I was like, I am not ready
0: for this. Like, this is not okay. Uh, Yes. Yes. And I think with Irish twins, it's kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah, It's sort of, they're so similar in age that they both have the ability to hurt themselves, but they don't yet have the ability to have impulse control or listen yeah. when you tell them something. And it's like, something. how do you it's reason hard. with
1: two people that have no impulse control? You can't reason with a 20 month old and they're just beating each other up. Like they, we were at breakfast, for, <laughs> breakfast oh with gosh, Santa yes. yesterday and um, they had all these balloons as decoration and they were like roped together mm-hmm. into like arches and things. And there was one big snake of balloons along the floor I guess one of them came loose. And so one twin had it and the other one walked up and she wanted it. And when I said, I caught pictures like on my good camera of like an all out brawl. And there's some moms over in the corner looking at my husband. They're like, are you going to help them? My husband's like, what do you want me to do? They'll duke it out.
0: <laughs> That's you know? awesome. Like hey, can't... no helicopter parents. Okay? Right. He was like, <laughs> I mean, I got to figure it out.
1: Like, That's I don't funny. know. You know, and then, and then one of them broke another balloon apart and then they were fine. Like everything's fine. But it's there just, you, you can't... go. Can't... We were somewhere oh when we were That's in houston funny. um and we went to the renaissance fair we have them in the side-by-side umbrella stroller and mm-hmm. they uh would just kick and beat each other up like they'd reach forward and just start punching and people walking by in the renaissance fair are like they're hitting each other i'm like what do you want me to do i've got two other kids i'm walking with i physically cannot hold them and push the <laughs> stroller like they just gotta
0: i'm you're good to be able to just like t- be hands off. Actually, that's one of the hardest things I think for me is being out of my house and having to sort of live up to other people's expectations. Well, I don't have to, but feeling pressure to live yeah. up to other people's expectations of how my children should behave. Because yeah. sometimes there's things I'm like, I just, I'm going to let them run. I'm going to let them behave however they want to yeah. because- it makes no sense right now to try to get them to behave perfectly because number one, they're not going to. And number two, I don't have the energy or willpower. And so eventually I've just kind of started to just let go of what other people are going to think, but it's hard, especially um especially like you know around other moms who maybe only have one child and maybe they're not quite as understanding of the four multiple child struggle and they're struggle. like 5
1: years apart each you know and so
0: yeah everyone's experience is so, it's so different. different yeah it we is were, we and to, personalities oh, yeah oh yeah
1: big time we went to Sam's club and i actually asked Bailey i called her i'm like can you please come to Sam's club with me i have to go get all this stuff I can't do yeah. it. And I was like, I'll buy you lunch. Like, please just go to Sam's Club with me. So we go to Sam's Club <laughs> and we're please. walking around and the twins are sitting in the double part of the Sam's Club cart and they're screaming. Yeah. Like they don't want to be buckled in. They are That's screaming. The worst. So wow. everybody's looking at us and Bailey's like, everybody's okay. And I was like, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I gotta do my shopping. So, like, sorry. So finally
0: <laughs> so she good. sits
1: down with my two big kids and they're eating pizza or whatever, and the babies were done eating whatever they were eating. So I was like, I'm going to take them with me, but I let them out of the cart. And I mean, in Sam's Club and they don't have shoes on. <laughs> I'm just oh my totally gosh. Out. But I was like, let's go find the, like the flowers, you know? And so they're like sprinting yeah. on the aisles, but then they weren't screaming. And so like one lady was like, where's their socks? And I'm like, they're not screaming. So I don't know what You're you want good. from me. Like, we're yes. good, you know?
0: <laughs> That's good. You go, girl. I mean- it's like we're all alive and we're all breathing. Actually, my mother in law just bought me this giant wine glass, and it says <laughs> on it, "Today's goal: keep the tiny humans alive." Yeah, it's like if I've met that goal, <laughs> I it's good. It's good. not like you should let go of all standards or safety or whatever. No, but I but think there's just some other days where it's like exception. Yeah, of yes. how your mothering experience should be going in this particular moment. Yeah, is, at a certain it doesn't point, doesn't matter just,
1: because you love just, them
0: like yeah you I love them the and you're taking care of them
1: yes and the generalization yeah. we need to make about every mother on the face of this earth is that 99.99999% of the time they are doing what they think is right for their children and their family at that time yeah. that's like right. i always like there's um there's one woman who did like a youtube video about how she felt chastised a little bit by other influencers or whatever on YouTube and Facebook and Mm. stuff because she doesn't homeschool her kids and she's a Catholic mom. Yes. And I thought that is ridiculous. Not that she feels that way. It's ridiculous that the world makes her feel that way because I, for one can attest to the fact that the reason why, I mean, I I obviously found a love in homeschooling for this moment. I would never say never Um, Mm. for many different reasons, but a lot of it comes from my anxiety I am mm. too anxious to let my children go. I'm it's mm. so much so that like like I would throw up. Like I would get that upset. Mm. And so, you know, you could look at me and say, Oh, she's judgy other Catholics because they don't homeschool, but it's like in reality, I can't keep my, the my best anxiety thing. under control. It's the best thing for your family and exactly. for you. Exactly. And so yeah. it's like
0: and you don't have to commute, you don't have to worry about but, them Yeah, the curriculum, and, you, you know. know like, and what so it's like being taught. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's like, mm-hmm. if that's not what's good for your family, then how can anybody judge you on that? Like, yes.
0: And I that just, I would say actually coming from the Catholic bubble side of things is, um, I have felt that before. And I think it's more my own projection in many ways than it is actual reality. Because yeah. honestly, most of the mothers of eight children that I know when I first meet them, I feel intimidated by them. And most of the time they're the most easygoing relaxed, accepting, mm-hmm. lovely people who will like look at my kids and be like, oh, God bless you. Like You're doing such a great job. It's so hard for you. And I'm like, you're talking, you have eight children. And they're right? like, no, but my older ones take care of the younger ones. I know. It's so much easier. And they're like the most lovely people. And I can't tell you the number of moms that I have met that are that way. But at the same time too, I do sometimes feel this kind of like this expectation that to be a good Catholic mom, you have to homeschool and gosh, you know what? Um, you don't have to, you don't have to make your own granola. You no. do not have
1: to use essential
0: oils. <laughs>
1: no, you don't. You don't. I mean, like it's literally whatever, like, like yeah. the, the church gives us some obligations. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, like, it's what's best for your yeah. family, you know? Yeah. And
0: sometimes being a speaker too, I feel that pressure of like, Wait, you you leave home and you travel? Like you leave home to go speak do things away from your children? Right. How dare away you? You're away from your supposed children to,
1: sometimes? You're supposed to be with them.
0: Yeah, all like
1: the time. And <laughs> how dare you, know, you do anything that fills you up? Like, yeah. Right? It's just ridiculous. I'm like, I have to fill myself yeah. up a little bit or else I have nothing to pour out.
0: Like, yes, a 100%. And and it's it's a calling. I really do feel like it's not a calling that's supposed to come ahead of my vocation as a mother, but it is a calling. And I think also there's sometimes a little bit of a, it's interesting because the world gives us this like female empowerment, you know, rah, 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 yell, shout your abortion. That's like the latest thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like that, that is not what a Catholic, an empowered Catholic woman looks like, but I've been thinking about this and I'm like, there's also kind of the flip side is sometimes a reaction against that where to be a good Catholic woman, you're expected to be really quiet demure let things roll off your back just be very accepting of everything and everyone all the time and wear skirts all the time and that's wearing the skirt is a beautiful thing if you have a, an easygoing personality that's a beautiful thing but I sometimes do feel like in the Catholic bubble like I'm too much like I like I like drinking whiskey and I really like talking and laughing loudly and I'm yeah. very I'm vivacious and sometimes it's like I feel like I'm too much for people but at the but, same but you time have it's like to remember that's... that like
1: a charism is a is a gift God has given you for building up the kingdom. Yes. It's not and like each of those gifts are completely unique. And is yeah. if you're using your gifts, your uniqueness, then like then there's nothing wrong with that. And yes. the I heard a woman speak one time and she told us that her family had a portrait painted one time and, um, you know, the lady came and she did the sketch and then she came back and did the colors. And like, it was like Mm. nine months later and they got this huge oil painting of their family of eight Mm. and the lady was so proud, you know, that she commissioned Mm. this painting and she brought it back. And the second the woman shut the door, the kids were like, your nose doesn't look like that. Your ears are not lopsided like that. Why does my hair look like that? You know, when they were critiquing it and the woman just thought, Thank God they didn't say that to the creator. And so, you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, am I too loud? Am I too vivacious? Whatever. But in reality, it's like your creator in heaven is sitting there like, no, you're not too anything.
0: I made you, know? you this way for a reason.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those things mm-hmm. I've given you are meant to build up the kingdom. So like, be loud, right. shout your Jesus. And so, yeah, your abortion. like,
0: you I know. love that.
1: <laughs> you yeah. Know? Or so- just to yeah. understand like i one of my charisms is empathy like i i feel mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. i have a very like almost gut-wrenching to me way of of relating to people but then also the the need to help like i always mm-hmm. feel if i see a need i have to help it and i call it like the sick puppy dog syndrome like i want to take mm. this up and and i've done that in like Organizations on base, like I want to go and make it into this mm-hmm. grand thing. But when I finally realized that all those things could be used for the kingdom instead of little random things I think are fulfilling mm-hmm. myself, then it's like, then I find my worth um, not in what I do, mm-hmm. but who I am.
0: You right. Know what I mean, yeah, which brings it back full circle for this conversation about discernment that we were talking well, yeah. about because I, don't I think that's that because really- I have no notes. <laughs> I this is brilliant because um well one thing I think it's really important to note as you discern is that you are called to be a gift. So it's not about me it's about giving myself and yeah. you have to make a distinction too because you should not be always I I, I just recommend the book Boundaries to everybody. It's oh. a beautiful way of recognizing yes put that in the show notes proclaim yeah. it to the heavens. <laughs> I that book was transformative for me just understanding what's the balance between giving all the time to the point where you're depleted but then also Drawing a boundary and knowing where you need to fill yourself.
1: So I need to read that because I spent (sighs) so long in my pregnancy. In my pregnancy with the twins, I was so really, I was really depressed. I didn't understand Mm. God's will. I'm not good at having two. So why would I be good at having four? You don't know what you're doing because clearly this is not good. Like, Mm. you know, and I don't know if I can love them. Like I'm resentful Mm. of them and, um, my way of finding Christ in that was I dove into anything and everything I could read about suffering and about Mm. offering the suffering up to God because the suffering will unite you to the point Mm. that I was allowing people to abuse me, not physically Mm. abuse. I was allowing people to abuse me in the name Mm. of if I just deal with it, then that's my prayer to Christ. But it became so, it kind of broke me down. You know, I felt like I was losing a lot of myself in the gift of me that I am Mm -hmm. because I was allowing broken people in the world to define what I could do, what I could say, where I need to be, you know, um, instead of ever standing up for myself, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. It took a toll. Like I even feel that now I really felt Mm. like, and yes, Mm -hmm. God was calling me to meet him and surrender or in um, suffering and stuff. But now lately, the word i keep having chimed in on my soul when i'm in adoration when i'm in silent prayer is surrender. so now it's not mm. suffer, now it's not endure the suffering with me, it's surrender everything over to me. and it's funny mm. because i've had this word on me and i've been trying to think of what my word for 2020 is going to be. and because um, i don't And mean, then pick- we had
0: this podcast episode where it's all about surrender.
1: Right? And then i but it was funny because i've been thinking like cultivate Way, uh, whatever and the word surrender has not come about until literally this moment
0: mm. and that can
1: go to everything surrender my health to him
0: mm-hmm. and yes every part and like i mentioned health. i believe in this and so I, strong like i give it away mm-hmm. yes
1: you can't fail at um at a word you can fail at a resolution but you can't fail at a word so i'm like even if you only That's surrender true. once in 2020 you've still you've still done it. You still did it. You know, yeah. so I'm like, I, that's oh, yeah. why I always pick a word. I don't the last four <laughs> years I've picked a word like one year it was discipline. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I was like, you know, making sure that my, I made these goals for like confession, mm. um, X amount, you know, X frequency or whatever and adoration mm. and everything. But, um, yeah. So surrender. That's I've picked so it. funny. That's my word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 I think when you surrender and you allow God to fill you, then it starts to become more obvious as well as just with life experience that the ways in which you are meant to be a gift and the ways in which you are, it is not required of you by God's commandment to give of yourself. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely, there's definitely whole learning quest with boundaries. But the fundamental purpose of who you are is to be a gift. Cause I, I, this kind of hit me a couple of months ago, just thinking about, you know, we know the Trinity is relationship, right? Yeah. So it's the father pouring himself out to the son and the son to the father and the love between them is the Holy spirit. So when you give yourself away, you are becoming more like the Trinity and you are becoming more like God and you are becoming more the person that you are supposed to be. You are actually becoming more yourself because God is relationship himself. Yeah. Itself, um, and he is love himself, and so you are becoming more like him, and beca- you're growing into the person that you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, and so, I think all of that pointed at at discernment. You know, is it? Um, that's just more like a point to frame the whole discussion of like, do I want this because I am being of service to others? And there is there is a, a certain joy and an energy that you get when you're giving of yourself. Like with yeah. the podcast, it's like. I am so passionate about it because I I'm so excited to put it out there to the world because I I believe in it so strongly yeah. and I think that comes through. There's just no question in my mind of should I be podcasting because it's a service to the world, even yeah. though it's also it's also something that that I just enjoy. But there's a both and there, you know, when yeah. you find thing where it's it's service, but it's also something that is passionate you're you're passionate about. But um, yeah, that's kind of it's all pointed towards being towards being a gift, which I think is really important. Cause like I would pursue what I wanted to do and I would just be more like, okay, God, um, if you don't want me to do this, you can stop me with a lightning bolt, but I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that was my prayer life mm-hmm. for many, many years. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of, um, and then I think once I had, once I had that encounter with Christ's heart and I started to understand, okay, my purpose is not just to get this many followers or to, be, you know, famous on Broadway or whatever. Okay. Well, what am I doing? What actually will make, you know, me fulfilled? And I would yeah. say, like, in my life as a mom, I don't feel fulfilled sometimes. Yeah. But feeling different, be, feeling fulfilled and being fulfilled are two different things sometimes. Yes. I think.
1: And hmm. I will say that as your kids get older, you're going to see those moments of feeling fulfilled more because.
0: Yes. I. That's good to know. Yes. (laughs) And I love them now. I adore them. Oh, yeah. Obviously. I mean,
1: obviously. But it's it's difficult because it's it's like you're in this battlefield, you know, and you don't see the end and Mm -hmm. all the days seem so long and it's, you know, someone's screaming and someone's poopy and Mm -hmm. it's just like Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But you're going to have those glimpses of realizing that um, you're called to assist in the creation of saints. And you're going to look over and those little saints are going to be praying over each other or, um, yeah. asking like my mm-hmm. friend's daughter is turning nine, I think maybe tomorrow. And, um, she asked her, I'm going to read you the text because she said, um, she said, okay. I asked That's Genevieve so what she wanted to do for her special for her birthday tomorrow. She said, I want to go to mass and adoration and maybe say a rosary of <gasps> a family together. Oh. <laughs> I mean that's beautiful. if that's like and then to think to yourself like I'm raising souls like you know what I mean and I think yes. that realization to me makes me pause for a second and like you know when I look over and like the babies will sit like one of them one of them sat in my husband's lap for prayers tonight and then the other one sat in her lap and it was like the most precious thing but they were trying oh. to like pray with each other and it was so sweet and then mm-hmm. I'm like rushing around I'm like I, I was cutting people's hair so we had hair all over the bathroom. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's seven fifty! Like, I have to jump in the shower of hair all over me, like running around." And so I told the kids, "I'm like, I can't, because my daughter wants me to say like she recites how many prayers she like. You have to say one hail Mary, one angel of God. Like she tells me all the prayers oh. I have to say." And so I was like, mm. "Daddy, will do it," you know. And um, but my husband's not Catholic, and so he's like, "I, I mean, I kind of like, you know, I know a little. Mm. Like I'll try the angel of God, but I don't pray that one." And um, so she was mm-hmm. like, it's okay, mommy. So as I'm trying to connect with you, she's over here with her hand on me saying the prayers for me over oh. me to go to sleep instead of herself. And it was just like, there's those little pockets of like, yes, like yes. I am, I'm doing God's will and like it yeah. may not feel good every day. But like, yeah, there's, there's these little tiny buds of fruit that I know that I'm planting these seeds that when their life does get hard. Their roots are gonna
0: be really deep and the tree's gonna yes. stay standing, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's so worth it. It's it's almost uh the the older I get, the more I realize that the really hard things are the most worth it. Not unnecessary suffering that you take no. on like an abusive relationship.
1: No, no,
0: no, no. Some raising children. There's so much in that, and yet. It, it it's more worth it than anything else oh, yeah. and and you have to yeah yeah I it's do like have those the, little moments too yes mm-hmm. and, and watching your children you sleep like, or or see when they, an ambulance goes by and they always put up their hands to pray and I they, know they always Anytime want to pray for the lights people anywhere and
1: I'm like oh that person was just getting their ticket and so then Lane's like Oh, can we just pray that maybe they'll decide to make better choices when they drive or whatever oh like, that
0: is so cute yes,
1: it's so cute. yes we can pray yes. for that oh my that's gosh. so cute mine are uh, so
0: little still that they think that every time the police pulls someone over that they're pulling over a bad guy because oh they latch on to like guns punching bad guy and so they'll like very
1: like, oh, just wait till you yeah. get pulled over
0: bad guy that's what i'm terrified of heather so i got pulled over twice guy
1: um when my kids knew so I got pulled over actually three times just kidding um one time because in New York I didn't know that you couldn't have your phone like you cannot hold a phone oh life, period. they're
0: very strict very, very strict, strict.
1: Yes. so I get pulled over because I'm legit like talking to my friend mm-hmm. and um I was very largely pregnant and I got pulled over mm-hmm. and I literally I was on the defensive I'm like why are you pulling me over like I didn't do anything <laughs> he's like how long have you lived here I'm like almost two years and he's like how do you not know what the law is yet? You know? And so I was like, Oh, so he let me off. Cause he was like, you're crazy. <laughs> but he let me off. But it was funny because I actually pulled into St. Anthony's. That was the parking oh. lot when he came to me. I was like at St. Anthony's. I'm like, my bad. Sorry. Another That's time hilarious. we were driving home from Syracuse. And um, cause we went to the museum and I'm just cruising along. Like we're listening to an audiobook, The kids are in the back. And um, the way I got out of that one is, I was like look I had no clue I was doing almost 80 like there was nobody on the road I was just cruising you know
0: mm. and um, they let you off on that one too
1: yeah and you must be really already... good yeah well he called I refused to cry like I always own it I'm like I'm sorry officer like my you know and mm. he um, he wrote me a ticket for the rosary hanging from my thing <gasps> he said that it was an obstruction of view And so I didn't get an actual speeding ticket. I had to pay a $50 fine for obstructing my view. That's not bad. That's way less. And I was like, okay, but we're going to leave that rosary there for the rest of forever. And then um, (laughs) the last time they pulled me over was because I picked up my phone to look at the time at a stop sign, put it down, went through, you know, drove. I came to a complete stop, but it's because I picked my phone up and my son will not let that go. Like, how did they see you pick up your phone? He was across the street, sitting in the Wendy's parking lot. He saw me pick up the phone and put it down, and he said, "I can't verify whether you were texting or driving, but you can't be holding a phone while while the vehicle's like on a road or whatever." Oh, gosh. So I was like, "Oh man!" But that's when they found out my minivan was stolen. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So it's a really long story. I actually did a podcast episode on it, but okay. Our, they ran because we were so close to Canada. They ran my VIN in the U.S. system and in the Canadian system when they went to run my. <gasps> registration and it was stolen from canada so basically oh we end up
0: so you bought it we, we bought it, it was legally in the us yeah okay
1: but it was stolen in canada <sighs> oh my gosh like insurance taken out on it stolen in canada driven over the border down to alabama bought in an auction in alabama by the people that were at our um dealership in New York and we bought bought it in Ogden'sburg not Ogden'sburg um oh my gosh Oswego is where we bought the minivan
0: oh that's so funny i was
1: i lived an hour from there yeah so we um <laughs> yeah and so we were like so three random. three weeks from moving down to louisiana and we were like you guys have to figure this out and canada's like give us the van back and we're like no 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 we bought it legally like we spent months looking for this thing we have to move yeah. to louisiana whatever but they ended up it was by the time all was said and done, and they were assuming it was insurance fraud, um, when we started the investigation, it was oh still gosh. in the statute of limitations. But when the investigation oh. was over, they were like, "The statute of limitations expired three days ago, so we'll just like, <gasps> wipe the VIN." So they did.
0: Oh my so, gosh! Because I
1: was like, "What happens if we have to move to Ger- Germany or something?" And we're on this like international radar for stealing a car. That's Whoa! Yeah. So the cop was like, "Look, Dang. don't pick up your phone anymore." Um, but your car's stolen in Canada I'm like what am I supposed to do with that he's like I don't know don't go to Canada and like that was pretty much it I'm like (laughs) Like we had to get the feds involved like it was a wreck
0: (laughs) oh no and of course that's what you want to be thinking about when you're trying to raise four children (laughs) that's (laughs) what you have time for absolutely and we had a trip
1: to to Canada planned to go to Montreal that weekend so we had to take a different car (laughs) No.
0: oh that is such a mess wow that's That's really funny that reminds me in a very random different way about (laughs) There was a, a convict named Chris Woods who had escaped from prison or something like that. I don't know what his story. There was a guy named Chris Woods on my one of my national tours, which was the Wizard of Oz. And he played the mayor of Munchkinland. And I was played his wife, the mayoress of Munchkinland. So we're border crossing into Canada and we're sitting on the bus. And it's like an hour goes by. And we're like, Where? Like, why are we just sitting here? And like two hours go by and we're like, we have no idea what's happening. And none of us meanwhile had realized that Chris Woods was not on the bus. <laughs> and then he gets on and he's like rubbing his wrists and he's like, those handcuffs really hurt. And we were like, what? Oh my god!" <laughs> they arrested him at the border because his, his name was Chris Woods. And they had to like verify that he was not that Chris Woods, which they should have known by looking at his social security number. But yeah, it was... It was really funny. Oh gosh, so we were almost hilarious. late for the show that day. They had to kind of hold, I think they had to hold the curtain for us because we actually got the theater. And we didn't have time to do like the sound check and everything. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. It was a hilarious. bummer. Yeah. We did eight border crossings in the course of six months for the Wizard of Oz. It was insane, but not so, fun. So I've had my cool, fill though. of the Canada border crossings. I, we lived yeah. like
1: 20 minutes from Canada for three years and I only went into Canada once three weeks. Before oh, really?
0: We <laughs> Yeah, because sometimes you sit there for like four hours, especially when you're on a bus with 30 other people Mm -hmm. and two dogs who played Toto. So they Uh, had to get across (laughs) too. That's so cool though. How fun. It was cool. What a cool life. I love it. It was cool. Yeah, I was a munchkin. I was um, a citizen of Oz. I was a poppy. I was Glinda's understudy. I was a flying monkey. So I was living my childhood nightmare. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, so, okay, I, last thing I want to ask you yes. about, and this is totally random, but how close do you live yeah. to Catholic
0: University? I'm an hour and a half away. Oh, so okay. I'm in Winchester, so I'm like an hour and a half outside of DC. Okay, Definitely my sister's in Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg. Oh,
1: yes. Okay. Yeah, she yeah works I have at an Mary, uncle there. Washington, of Mary Washington
0: University, um, Mary Washington. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, when you come see her, if you ever do, you, yes! should, you and I should hang out Heck in real yeah. life. Are you in your
1: Haymarket <gasps> too?
0: I'm not far. I'm maybe a half an hour. Okay. One of half, my half very best minutes. friends
1: from um, like middle school and high school is in Haymarket. Cool. She lives in Haymarket. So I um, think it's half no. an hour to 40 minutes because
0: I think of everything in relation to Manassas, which is where my parents live.
1: Oh, but I am nice new that to... you're closer to that now.
0: Yes. I'm an hour. So I think of everything from Manassas. I'm actually not even exactly sure how far Haymarket is from Winchester, but I think it's about 40 minutes. Okay. Because I met someone there, someone yesterday who was from Haymarket, and okay. I'm pretty sure that it was like 40 minutes from where we were.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It's all the Northern Virginia area. It's like the traffic makes everything so much worse. Oh. But in reality, yeah. it's not that far. From no, it's
1: really not that far, but the traffic's so bad because we would have yeah. to. My in-laws live live in Hampton, Virginia.
0: Yes. So that's a couple. When hours. we go between
1: my parents outside, you know, in Latrobe, and then. Um yeah. there it's like we always got to go around DC and it's terrible. That's
0: a te- yes, horrible especially if it's rush hour. You do not want to be Oh yeah, DC. we
1: would plan it perfectly. We would go at 10:30. If we get yes. through the DC area at 10:30 in the morning, it was like gold. Um, yes. yes. That's the only
0: time it slows down. And then maybe like two o'clock in the afternoon for a minute, two to three. Yeah. There was yes. one other thing I wanted to offer on discernment about how do you know the, how do you know question? Okay. I yeah. just wanted to share one more quick thing for Bailey. This is for Bailey. You maybe <laughs> yes. want to edit this and put it this earlier in the episode <laughs> so okay. that she'll hear it. But um, yeah, so I'd say when I had been discerning for several, for months, better part of a year, Done the whole thing, surrender, blah, blah, blah. Gone through a TV show, months of discernment after that. And then I was finally just at the point where I was like, okay, God, I just, I'm going to give you one more month and I'm going to stay close to you and I'm going to go to daily mass. I'm going to do, I'm going to pray intentionally and take, you know, spend time with you every day. And if I still have this desire to have a husband and children, I'm going to be open to the idea of religious life, or sorry, of of dating. Uh I'm going to be open to dating, and I'm going to still leave it on the table for you if you want to change my heart in any direction. And so I gave a month, and I think God respects sometimes Like you have to act in space and time, and so sometimes you just have to make a decision. And so I just went ahead, and I was like, okay, one month later, I wanted more than ever to be a wife and a mother. And so I was open to dating, and a couple months after that, I met my husband. But so sometimes you just have to take a step in a direction, and you're not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. But God
0: respects that action, and as long as you're trying to stay close to Him, He won't let you miss it. Yeah, and yeah I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that. I know people say that, but I really do believe that. and if He pulls you back after, you know if it is a misstep, he's going to take away your peace. Yeah and if it's a step in the right direction, that peace is going to continue to be there, that peace and that sense of challenge and that sense of consolation. Yeah sense of excitement. So you don't have to worry about messing up his plan because frankly, it's not in your capacity to fully mess up God's plan. Because even if you make a wrong choice or sin, you still have that universal call to holiness. You still have the ability to be with him in heaven. So he's not going to be cutting you off like, well, you're done. You've chosen the wrong location. So now we're through because that's not how it works at all. So I hope that helps her a little bit. I hope scrupulosity is one of the things that's going on with her. I know sometimes there can be sort of this feeling of being so scared like i'm just i'm gonna make the wrong decision and i'm gonna mess it all up and it's like frankly we don't have the capacity because we are always called to holiness called to salvation and called to the beatific vision no matter what we do so it's like we don't have the capacity to really mess up god's (laughs) plan no you like
1: you're not you don't have that power. Like
0: it's not been given to you, it's so cute that that's you kind of. That,
1: but it's not. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. Like it's humbling because it's like, oh, I actually don't have as much autonomy as I thought I did. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. But so the reason why I asked about Catholic University is my husband's yeah. best friend, his oh. Irish twin. So I, Seth is like eleven months older than Shane, Brandon's best okay. friend. Okay. He um, was Methodist. Well, he was raised Catholic, like in name okay. only baptized mm-hmm. I think I don't know how many sacraments he got but um mm-hmm. he ended up getting his degree in engineering from ODU and then he went to seminary Methodist seminary cuz he started attending a Methodist mm-hmm. church in mm-hmm. Kansas and right about the time they were like okay we're going to like give you guys your assignments and ordain you and he's like I think the truth is in the Catholic church and um he came wow. home and he is in seminary in DC right now oh at catholic you so cool it's amazing so he's one of the That's twins really cool. god Fathers, we don't remember which one, <laughs> but he's one of them. So, but yeah, so it's so cool because he should be a priest by the time they receive their first communion, and that's so really cool. I will fly those children to him, yes, um, that's, that's a beautiful. Heaven. Yeah, so he's in DC. Oh so, gosh. I was gonna ask you
0: if, if you were close to there, um, uh, not yeah. you know, I feel like if I lived closer and I was at a different stage of my life, I would be hanging out with people in DC all the time but right now it's like i can't face the traffic with a two and a one-year-old although mm. i will if there's like someone who wants to meet with me it's just i can't yeah. just go to random parties but i would no. love to meet him oh, <laughs> and yeah. i would no, love to meet you awesome you yes yes definitely. yeah
1: um yeah because we will we're actually my the only thing i know we have planned is next um november my brother in laws getting married well yeah he's getting married but it's going to be in northern virginia and so oh, we're going to have perfect. to. Yeah. But we were Come like, what are we going to do? I was like, okay, either we're flying my parents here and they'll just stay with the kids mm. and we'll fly to Northern Virginia mm. and go to the wedding um, because, you know, it's my brother-in-law's family. So, in and it's not in their hometown. So it's not like I could get like a friend from high school to watch my kids. So I was oh. like, or we do like the crazy drive where we drive to Pittsburgh, you know, leave my kids there, drive back, whatever. But either way, oh, we'll be yeah. in DC definitely next November. And I told yes. him, I was like, let's take a few days and make it a bunch
0: Right. So you don't have to be just like driving, 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 driving. Yes. Yeah. Oh that's hard. Yeah. And cool. then in
1: 2021, we've already talked about it. Um, We're going to go to France and Italy for our 10 year anniversary. And yes. um, I... I was like but we have to go to Lourdes and we have to go to the Vatican and he was like okay but I also wanted it to be a vacation not just a trip
0: you know like where you're doing yeah. things every
1: single day and so I was like okay so I think we're gonna spend like two or three weeks over there and I'm so excited.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> Sans children? Oh yeah. Not children? No kids. Oh,
1: oh I speak That's French girl. Brilliant. I got you. Yes. <laughs> yeah so I was like He's like, you better sh- you better uh, like sharpen up on your French because I'm not going over there with somebody who doesn't know how to speak it. Oh, like, that's okay. so funny.
0: Well, I'll if you're going I'll... to Paris or Lords, everyone speaks English there. Yeah, it's when I you get go, into like the, like, the random little villages. Rural areas.
1: That's where I want to go, though. I was like, yes. I want to go to Lords, and then I want to go to like maybe Marseille or something. But mm-hmm. I want to like Airbnb a little countryside and like go to the market and like we get did baguettes. that. It's like I would love that.
0: Yes. Yes. So Um, I will let you know Alsace-Lorraine is a beautiful region and you can bike the wine route in France. And there were almost no Americans. People assumed that we were German because we're both like blonde haired. Yeah. So they thought we were something that people would ask us, they would speak to us in German because there was no one there who spoke English for the most part. Yeah. Very rare. So if you speak French and you are up for handling like maps, that are drawn by hand and, or like not drawn by hand, but like maps that are like, you have to hold in your hand Yes. Um, and renting bikes and like biking at, to wineries and that kind of thing. That is, that's a good, it's the Eastern region. Of, okay. So, okay. So close to Italy. Close to you, so I recommend that. Awesome. Okay. Not far from Italy. So yeah. It's, it's, it, you'd have to go a little ways, but yeah. 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 Close, okay. Close Earth. Yeah. Cool. Yeah! Yay! Oh I'm so
1: glad we finally got the talk. This took forever. Yes, but yeah, we did it. Right.
0: <laughs> it only took us seven months or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, we got it. We yeah. got there. This hey, is like everything. It liked. eventually
1: happened. So yeah, I'm just thankful.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like as long as we talk at some point, this side of heaven, we're good. Then we're good. Yeah, and then we can
1: chat on. <laughs> we want that, that side of heaven when we when we both get that halo. <laughs> exactly. You got it, girl. Oh, okay. All right. You have a good night. I'm gonna go meal Thank plan. You because we have perfect
0: to- <laughs> oh love it oh my gosh it's this has been like a two-hour conversation this is gonna be epic I'm gonna
1: I don't know yeah. maybe I won't splice it and I can just be like pick up and take off wherever you want you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly
1: come back and chat you know go take a nap whatever you want to do but go gonna, take a we'll nap. still be here <laughs> Exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you together. later. Thank you. you. God bless you. Bye. This episode is over, but you can find lots of challenges, freebies, extra content, sweet merchandise by heading to holyhotmessmom.com. If you're looking for links or anything else specifically referenced in today's episode, like our sponsors, just check out the notes for this episode by reading the show notes and whatever app you're listening to this in. While you're there... And give me a solid and support the podcast by supporting our sponsors and by leaving us a glowing rating and review that helps other people find the podcast if you have any questions comments stories topics suggestions or just want to say hi and be friends send me an email at heather at holyhotmessmom.com or come find me on instagram or facebook at Holy Hot Mess Mom. until next time